Hello, I'm Michelle. And I'm Laura. And this is the Pair Entrepreneurs Club podcast, a weekly show to help you navigate the demands of being a working parent. We will share lots of practical ideas, hints and tips, and our own and others' experiences in juggling work, family, health and finances. Above all, we want to help you find your purpose, define your identity and banish any confidence gremlins that might be holding you back from the life you dream of. No matter whether you have children or not, there will be something here for you. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Parent Entrepreneurs Club podcast. And today, Michelle and I are going to be talking about imposter syndrome. So what we'll do is we'll discuss what imposter syndrome is and how it impacts on both personal and professional lives. And then we're going to talk a little bit about what strategies uh, we can do to overcome it. So first of all, um, we'll share a little bit of our own experiences um, of imposter syndrome. And, and certainly for me, it's something that I've experienced uh, several times in my life. I continue to do so. And, um, you know, I'm sure Michelle will verify this. I've talked to Michelle about um, various different uh, ways in which I've experienced it. And it's something that um, we continually have to self-coach through. And certainly when I had my son, um, I really struggled with identity and feeling that I'd lost a lot of my skills and knowledge of working um, within HR when I returned to work. And also, um, you know, it was about understanding as a parent, I felt that I was inadequate or I didn't have the right skills and resources. And and Michelle, is that something that you've experienced as well? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it definitely comes when we've got those transitional points. So we see it with our clients, don't we, either where, you, yeah, you've either become a parent or potentially you're going through some life circumstance changes or you've had that promotion and you're going into a boardroom and you feel like, what, why do I belong? So absolutely. I mean, I think for me, I, I studied it when I was um, doing a psychology degree when I was 18. And I think, you know, it's a theory that was applied and, and I just couldn't relate to it because I think at 18, 19, you've, you're fairly full of confidence and self-belief and um, you can't really understand how it how it feels in a work context. And so on my journey through HR, it was quite apparent and particularly when I qualified as an NLP coach, it's probably one of the most talked about topics in our coaching sessions. Um, it's just that doubt, isn't it? That pattern of doubt of individuals' accomplishments. Like, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. And they feel kind of fraudster. Um, you know, where do I belong? I don't belong here. Um, yeah, I, I certainly felt it. I think when I made a transition point, I had a, a, a personal development objective to step up to a, a HR business partner before I was 30. And I remember sitting with a senior management team and I was the only female and I was very, very young in comparison to my peers. And I sat there month after month at these board meetings feeling like the biggest imposter. Um, so, yeah, 100% relates to to our journeys and our career journeys, but it's certainly something that we see quite significantly with our small business owners and our clients that we coach day in day out definitely and it's probably the most um common topic that comes up in coaching conversations um you know and even from people that are very successful and you know I've had a client that talks about how she she can get up and sing on stage she's very very confident um but you know 
um, presents to huge organisations, um, big meetings. But actually, when it came to a small team meeting and a group of tech people that were very um, using a lot of acronyms and all sorts um, of internal language that she didn't understand, she really felt out of her depth. Mm. And actually understanding that and realising that she didn't need to know all of those things and she was qualified in her field was enough to get over those barriers. But the initial thought of feeling an imposter because I don't understand exactly what everyone else is talking about or feeling that you needed to have something else to bring to the room is that classic of it's, it's a phenomenon of exactly as you said of being exposed as a fraud. Absolutely. And I've met that individual and to meet them, you would think they are more than confident and capable. Um, and yeah, certainly had similar experiences with clients. Um, I've got a lady I've coached very recently and she's gone on that transitional point where she's been in a C-suite um, and yeah, feels this kind of more nauseous as she describes it whenever she goes in the boardroom to have those conversations and probably feeling like, why am I here? I don't belong here. And yet she's been given the job title, the salary and the promotion, and yet still feels slightly fraudster. So we've had five sessions now and it's unpicking those those beliefs that she holds and why she's feeling like that. And it's so insightful and it becomes a bit of an aha moment for individuals, doesn't it, to work on that and balance it with those NLP techniques for them to you know just feel comfortable with their belonging and, and why they're there. But I think it's probably one of the most debilitating things that drive, stop prevent people from driving their careers forward or their businesses forward. Um, because, you know, certainly like for us working together, we can overcome it together. We, we coach each other and we encourage and champion each other and kind of each other's cheerleaders, which is great. But when you're on your own and you're running that business on your own, it's so isolating. And if you go into that networking session and you're feeling like an imposter, like, why am I here? I'm new. I don't, you know, I don't belong with all these people who are successful within my local community or standing in front of your first client to do a pitch. You know, it can it can actually stop people from doing that and prohibit them moving their business forward. Um, and yeah, we've certainly seen it, haven't we, where people have just gone, actually, we've we've set out on this journey. We've done it for six months and it's not worked. And they, they put it down to a failure or the market's not there. But I think if you actually dig deep enough, the individuals experience some, somewhat a level of imposter syndrome and they've not recognised that. Um, because like we said, you know, they can exude this element of confidence. They can be really gregarious and kind of what I would call like a high D character, really dominant, really assertive. Um, and, you know, I've, I resonate back to somebody I worked with many years ago. And, you know, to meet him, you would just be like, wow, he's phenomenal. But to put him up in front of 100 people to do a presentation and he'd be like, I just I don't know what I need to talk about, Michelle. I really don't know. And he'd literally clam up. Um, so, yeah, I think it's definitely for me, it's what we see time and time again that can be prohibiting people's business growth and business uh, development. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really, you know, as you touched on there, it's understanding the, the origins and the cognitive patterns of what actually perpetuates that self-doubt. Um, so that comes into a bit of self-awareness as well, um, which we say is the, the kind of the pillar for uh, coaching is being self-aware. So it's not just understanding uh, what's going on around you, but realising what's going on internally as well. So are you looking back at situations and imagining something that isn't really there? Because we all create these scenarios. Oh, my goodness, it was horrendous. Everyone was looking at me. You know, I just wanted the ground to swallow me up because I just felt so bad. And, and actually, the reality was the people who were watching didn't even notice. Yeah. 
so it's been able to to look and say what what is the truth among this what are the facts that I'm looking at rather than what my brain's telling me I'm feeling and and how that's being um you know replayed in your mind definitely and and it can go way back into some people's journeys can't it they can be told at a young age they can't do something so I, I was I was told you know really early on in my career that my attention to detail isn't great and I know that and I own that but I think that there is now there is a limiting belief for me so every time I do something it 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 really prohibits me because I think oh crikey have I dotted the I have a cross the T are there any typos are there any issues but it, it stops my pace because what I what I like to do and why I make the mistakes is I like to work quickly and efficiently so it kind of it's like a chicken and egg situation but if anybody then spotlights a mistake I make, it goes back into that feeling of what I felt like when I was 21 and my one of my first line managers saying, you need to get this right, you need to do it again, you know, you, you're rushing, you're rushing, you're doing it wrong. Um, and it can go it can go back to childhood, can't it? We've seen it with people where, you know, they can be told from a young age they're not very good at maths. And so when they're pitching for clients and they're talking about numbers, um, you know, just watch Dragon's Den on a Sunday night. <laughs> you know, people clam up in the weirdest of areas sometimes and it can go back to what you've been told when you're a child that you can't do or you struggle to do. And that that obviously then holds you back in your own beliefs. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and on that is when you are self-aware of, okay, well, you understand the difference of why you maybe make some mistakes and details, yeah. then it doesn't matter because you, you, you're kind of aware that you can deal with it. So you either know that you need to check something or you get somebody else to do that part of it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where as business owners, you know, we need to be more aware of the skills that we have and the skills that we need to find from other people. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think we've talked about that in a previous podcast as well, haven't we? I know one springs to mind with Caroline and mommy um, talked to business and she t- talks about um, her VA outsource business. Um, and, you know, and we're doing a lot of that in our business now, aren't we? We understand that we don't have the time and the capacity, but also sometimes we don't have the skills and we know that and we recognize that. Whereas that's exactly the point, isn't it? Sometimes we, um, well, we've come across people who who think they can do everything and they don't accept that there is there is an issue in an area um, and they potentially are masking this kind of belief that they can, that they're, over, they're not understanding the areas that they're, they're unable to achieve. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's 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 a it's a real focus on on conversations, and I, I'd probably say I'd probably go to an extent of probably sixty percent of the conversations come back to some element of imposter syndrome. Um, you know, pe- people at all different levels and different journeys into their business cycle have an element of this at some point, don't they? Yeah, and I think you know we we sometimes refer to analogy of holding that mirror up against yourself and. <laughs> that's that's what coaching does but also if you think of in terms of self-awareness how many times have you been out and you've uh, got lipstick on your tooth and one of your friends has said oh you know you've got lipstick on your tooth you run to the bathroom you check it in the mirror and you do something about it Mm. whereas actually if you've gone home and then looked in the mirror and nobody had told you you'd probably feel more self-conscious of the fact that you'd sat throughout a meal or whatever with lipstick on your tooth so the quicker we can become self-aware the better it is for us because we don't then make that into a bigger situation yeah. um, and I think it's just being comfortable with that of actually exploring mm. what is it that's driving that imposter syndrome before trying to find a solution because it's not always what we think it is no absolutely absolutely yeah I mean one of the quotes that I absolutely love is stop thinking you're an imposter and start now you're an improver 
and that that just encapsulates it all for me you know really work on the fact that you can develop yourself and and not have that sort of prohibiting belief that you can't do something because that is like we say that's where we see that perceived element of failure with individuals and so shall we just share with our listeners some tips because obviously we can give some nuggets away around what we would suggest to overcome um some of this self-awareness piece so I think one of the things that I would say to, to our clients quite heavily is really take the time on a weekly basis or even at best on a monthly basis if you can't commit to weekly to just reflect on what your achievements are and what your skills have been during that week. So I call it the three weekly wins and the three weekly woes and really focusing on those wins. We're so, and it's, it's a bit of a cultural thing in this country, I think, we're so good at reminding ourselves what's gone wrong you know, and we'll talk on a Friday, won't we, Laura? And like, how's how's things been? How's the last day or so been? And we most most of the time we're talking every day, but you know, we'll you know, it's getting that element of focusing on that positive. So, what have I done? That what's been amazing, and how did it make me feel? And what skills have I got to do that? And just keeping a journal of those successes and challenges. So when you are in that situation of feeling a bit downtrodden and looking that kind of confidence and, and um, um, self-belief, you know, you've got that as a reference point. It's really, really insightful. And, you know, feel free to share those feelings with trusted friends or even better, a coach like ourselves, you know, just openly communicate how you felt um because you want you're not alone nobody's alone and that's part of what our community is about isn't it that we can share that as a as a as a community together um you know for for me um i've got a client at the moment and she said it's just been so powerful to look back on the last six months of our coaching journey around her weekly dialogue and she said, oh, you know, it's, it's because I'm having coaching. Well, it's not. It's just because I'm pointing you and signposting you to be more self-aware. <laughs> you, you're obviously reflecting on that and you're taking the time to reflect. So I'm holding you to account to do that. Um, but I think it's, it's great pieces of personal development. It's really, really useful. So I think you've probably got a couple of tips as well, Laura, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, just just building on that, it's about embracing failure as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and understanding that mistakes are just part of growth. So actually, if we start to see them as a learning journey rather than focusing on the mistake, we can improve on that. So certainly in business, you know, I look back at the last two, three years and I would do things completely different now to what I did when I started out. Mm-hmm. Um, because we learn, we, we, we learn from our mistakes and we evolve. And, you know, touching on that point you said about sharing with other people, sometimes it's about having experts from other industries or networking groups that you can share those things with and say, you know, actually, can we just get a different perspective? Because we only see our own vision of what we want and can't necessarily see it from another point of view. Particularly in business, it's about being able to step into the shoes of your customer and say, what is it that they want? rather than what is it that I think they want. Yeah. Um, you know, the other thing I was saying on there is just defining goals. So and being realistic about your goals. Mm. So even if it comes to something as simple as when you're talking about journaling, somebody might find that really difficult to journal every day or even every week. Mm. So what's realistic to you? What can you actually achieve? And it might just be, oh, I'm just going to jot down one thing this week that's gone well on a Friday or even if I'm not going to jot it down because I've had a client before that said to me they don't like writing things down because Mm -hmm. they feel that somebody could pick it up and read it 
It, yeah, it's interesting, um, you know, because again, this is just building on confidence, but it's that same thing of, okay, well, if that's a fear, then start with just doing it in your head and just reflecting and saying, okay, well, I'm just going to take 10 minutes out just to think about what's gone well this week and just acknowledge it within myself, um, you know, as a small start. So, yeah, it's just those little small victories that can make a big difference and making sure we recognise them. Mm, absolutely and I think when you mentioned it earlier the looking in the mirror now I got told many years ago and I hate I hate looking in the mirror it's not I'm not one of those people but I got told many years ago when you walk past a mirror just have that self-talk literally do the prep talk for literally a couple of minutes and, and you know most houses have a mirror in a hallway or in the bathroom you know you've got a mirror somewhere and just do that self-talk maybe once a day when you brush your teeth at night I've got a mirror in here and you know I, I'm sure if I was going on to a client pitch it was a bit difficult I could turn around and just do the self-talk come on sort yourself out I know it sounds a little bit cliche and you're either comfortable with it or you're not and that's exactly about you setting those realistic goals but it is it is a good technique for people to do if they're not necessarily going to do the journal in peace um we we kind of need to hold that mirror up sometimes literal mirror and and do that self-talk and and understand what what it is we're facing as a challenge yeah, absolutely. That holding a mirror up to yourself, um, you know, really understand what it is um, that is creating the imposter syndrome and, and what it is that's motivating you. So, you know, why is it um, that the imposter syndrome is holding you back? What is it that you're trying to achieve? Um, the classic coaching question that we use all the time is what outcome do you want? Yeah. And and that's really the driver that will get you to where you need to be. So um, if the imposter syndrome is something around doing a big presentation or you're feeling that you're not confident enough to do it, what will that bring you when you achieve it? And is the goal worth the effort? Um, yeah. Absolutely. And that goes back into when we did more business um, projects. So, so certainly when I was doing more of the organisation design stuff, you as a business owner and whether you're in a corporate or whether you run your own business I would use the analogy of what you're trying to make and that's your business plan so what what you're making every year and it's like a cake recipe and all the things go into that and that biggest part of that recipe is your people and whether it's you as a business owner or whether it's you as a team of 10 it's, it's a huge part of what goes into that business plan and it's what motivates and drives the business forward isn't it what those goals and ambitions are for you and those other people in that team so that coaching question sits really nicely doesn't it about what you're trying to achieve against what the business plan might look like as well so it's it's important that we don't forget that you know what was our original purpose when we set out the business against what am I trying to do as an individual and am I, am I now trying to do something slightly different I think that's a whole other podcast that we can we can shoehorn in another day um but it's it's important to remember that when we talk about imposter syndrome isn't it absolutely yeah and I think you know just just to summarize on what we've said it, it's really you know imposter syndrome it is a phenomenon so it's a hurdle that can be overcome it doesn't have to hold you back you know and and really by understanding its nature where it's coming from seeking that support and then embracing some of these strategies that we've talked about you can really you know, get over the imposter syndrome and achieve you know, your true potential and what it is that you want to to get as that goal that you're focusing on um so we'll end on that note and we'll be really interested if anybody is experiencing imposter syndrome or they've had it before or can relate to this episode please do get in touch otherwise we will see you next week for another episode thank you for listening Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. 
We rely heavily on word of mouth, so if you found value in this episode, please hit subscribe and share it with family and friends. If you'd like to find out a bit more about us, you can find us on our Facebook group, Parentrepreneurs Club, or alternatively on Instagram, Parentrepreneurs underscore club. We hope you have a great week and we look forward to talking to you next time.